Hello everyone, Ryan Schmelz here, and we've got a special episode as we bring you a one-on-one -on -one interview with wrestling great and All Elite Wrestling's Matt Hardy. We hope you'll enjoy. So uh, I saw a news story break uh, yesterday, I believe, something to do with Jimmy Seafood. AEW did a pretty nice uh, gesture to their customers, correct? Yeah, there it was a, a fundraiser for ALS, and we raised over $8,000 last night. Uh, had a couple really great auctions. It was a great turnout. And more or less, we ate with a, a lot of the AEW fans that came out of Jimmy Seafood and just did a big meet and greet and, and mingled with them. It was a really fun time and really did raise a lot of money for ALS. So it was a great cause. Absolutely. You know, OJ Bergantz, it's an amazing foundation he's got going on there. And uh, I mean, Jimmy Seafood, though, they arguably could have a wrestling promotion the way they run their Twitter account. <laughs> they, they're tremendous i mean if you're in baltimore to wrestle it's like it's almost mandatory you have to go to jimmy seafood and they've been so good to myself and and my brother over the years so it's always great to see john there absolutely and uh so you're going to be in ohio next week for dynamite uh do you have any particular memories in ohio that you that should come to mind when you think of coming to this place oh, oh yeah cleveland especially uh Cleveland is where I became a star. You know, myself, Jeff, Edge, Christian, that's where the tag team ladder match happened back in No Mercy 1999. And we really did take the step of becoming just uh, a wrestler into becoming a superstar. That's where we turned the corner in that match. And also, it was a big deal for me. I won the ECW uh, Heavyweight Championship there as well in the scramble match. So those are two of my fondest memories in Cleveland. Cleveland is a great wrestling city with a lot of history. And one thing that I love about AEW is we acknowledge the entire wrestling universe. So we're so excited to be coming to Cleveland and performing in front of all the great fans in Cleveland. And that's not the only Ohio connection you have. Obviously, uh, GOI Kicks just did an amazing gesture a couple months yeah. back when um, we had that fan who obviously got very emotional during CM Punk's return. You know, you were very much into promoting what he was trying to do there. Why was it so important to get that message out there? I mean, once again, the the whole point in the big scheme of things when it comes to pro wrestling is to watch and uh, emotionally connect with the stories that are being told and with the characters that are there. You know, and I've been gifted to do this for almost 30 years now. This year will be 30 years I've been doing this. And it was a fan who was extremely emotional and excited that CM Punk was back. And the fact that he was overwhelming with emotion and, and just, it was so... Uh, it evoked so much emotion from him that he cried and he was, he was so happy that he cried. It was a great gesture for uh, the GOI kicks guys to reach out and look for him and make a pair of shoes. Those guys have made a pair of shoes for me, by the way, uh, they made a pair of air deletes V ones. So uh, they're great guys. They were in a great business. And I thought that was such a kind gesture and I was going to do whatever I could to try and uh, uh, signal boost their message to get out there so we could find this guy. And they did find this guy and made him a pair of shoes. Well, what's kind of your, your feelings on how AEW is going right now? Obviously, there's a lot of new names, but there are a lot of big names. And it's really just been really a fun time to be an AEW fan. It's an amazing time to be an AEW fan. And I feel like AEW is truly on the pulse of pro wrestling in 2022. And a lot of that is driven from the top, from Tony Khan, because at his core, he's a big wrestling fan. And I think he tries his hardest to put out a product that someone that a wrestling fan like himself would enjoy watching. And I think he does a great job with it. And he, it's so, it's so remarkable how he'll bring in veterans or legends of the business. You know, guys like Sting having this amazing run. He treats them in such a respectful way. He puts them in respectful situations where they can succeed. You know, myself, Chris Jericho, there, there's so many guys, Christian Cage, you know, and he's taken such great care of them. And that hasn't always happened in other wrestling promotions. So huge kudos 
to Tony Khan for doing that. And then there's so many young talents that have been working with established veterans and legends, and they're getting a rub. He has built so many superstars already over the first three years of AEW. It's incredible. The young talents, the MJFs and the Darby Allens and the Sammy Guevara's and the Jungle Boys. You know, he's killing it when it comes to that. And uh, it's, it's just a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. And AEW is on the pulse of the current wrestling fan in 2022. And how do you feel about this forbidden door kind of being open and AEW just having pretty much no limits when it comes to bringing stars from other promotions? And do you, do you, do you see this happening in WWE? Do you think it's possible for them to go there too? Well, honestly, uh, I think Tony Khan started a trend whenever he did this, you know, when he was open to working with other people, you know, whether it was TNA impact or NWA or new Japan, whoever it may be. And it is amazing. I think it just adds to the excitement of the product because Wrestling is at its best when it's unpredictable and the forbidden door concept makes it unpredictable because you never know who can show up at any time. And uh, I, I feel like WWE actually took that idea from AEW and, and Tony because Mickey James from Impact Wrestling is going to be in the Royal Rumble. And uh, that, that's the first time they've ever had some sort of concept like that with a, with a forbidden door. So I feel like they're almost trying to play catch up now, you know, to, to do what they can to make their events unpredictable as well. And AEW, has been hugely beneficial to the industry because I feel like for a long time, for almost 20 years, WWE has been stagnant. You know, they've been the only game in town. They've been able to kind of do what they want to. They're, they're not pushed or they're not forced to be better or try harder. They just kind of do their thing and they're on cruise control in many, many ways. But now AEW is really raising a ruckus and it's pushed them to be better. And I think that helps the, the industry as a whole. And it is a great time to be watching wrestling as a wrestling fan. And on that, you know, I remember I've heard you talk in the past about how it's maybe the words bureaucratic WWE's kind of become when it's, you know, it's run like a corporation. There's a lot of loopholes you have to go through in order to get an idea pitched to somebody. Um, obviously, I've, I've heard that AEW is kind of not that way. And But was was it like that when you were kind of uh, in your initial run there? It, it, it has changed a lot. I mean, as far as especially being having accessibility to speak to a Vince McMahon or whoever is in charge of creative at that time, it, it has become a lot more difficult over the years. And especially once they became a public company and they've grown, I mean, they're, they're a huge, massive company. AEW is growing at an insane pace right now, but still Tony Khan, you can get time with him and you can interact with him and talk with him. And I really feels like he, he puts his own personal touch on everything in the promotion. You know, he wants to have a little input on everything and he really I think he prides himself on letting the performers do what they're strong at, do what they're best at. He really works to, to highlight whatever the strengths may be. And I think that is greatly beneficial. He's just really on the pulse of what pro wrestling is and should be and what, uh, you know, characters in 2022 look like, I think. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, you see Brock Lesnar getting pushed once again, you know, current champ right now. I don't think you and your brother get enough credit for, really helping him get on the map when he first got started, except you were one of his, you and your brother were one of his first feuds in WWE, correct? We were his first program. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we had those chair shots that were heard around the world with Brock Lesnar, which people talk about. I was talking about that uh, at, at, at uh, Dynamite on Wednesday, actually. Someone asked me about it. So yeah, we, we did. And, and it was cool because we were kind of in a spot where they trusted us to work with Brock at, at that juncture. Uh, and it's amazing. He really is a, a freak athlete. He's the scariest dude I've ever been in the ring with, for sure. He's an amazing, incredibly explosive athlete. But pro wrestling in general has just changed so much over time where the, the days of the, the big guys lumbering around 
and, and not actually having a, a good, solid athletic match, those, those days are over. And I think AEW highlights that better than anyone right now. You know, we have such a great mixture of guys, uh, young guys, athletic guys. We have veterans. We have some big guys as well. And, and every time we put on a show, I feel like the wrestling matches and the stories don't insult the wrestling fans' intelligence. And I think that is one of the, one of the most complimentary things we can say about AEW at this juncture. And, and are you are you cool with seeing part timers in main event spots like that? You, you know, me, yeah, I, I, it really doesn't make a huge difference to me. I understand why there would be frustration, uh, especially with guys working on a WWE schedule. Uh, you know, whenever a guy does that and they're working every single house show, they're, you know, working themselves to death and really beating up their body and they feel like they're getting opportunities to prop from them. I understand where that gets frustrating. You know, and as a business at the end of the day, uh, once again, AW, I think it once again wins the war of scheduling because really we only do like one television event a week, sometimes two. You know, this week we're here doing a live rampage. I'm in Washington, D.C. again, getting ready to go to TV in a little bit. But the schedule is, is, is small enough and smart enough that even the veterans or the guys who would be considered like part timers go to all the TV shows. Sting is at every television event. You know, Sting is 62 years old and he is absolutely amazing. I can't put him over enough about how great he is and how he's been killing it this year and how I'm so happy that he is such an icon in the industry anyway. And he gets to go out on this last final great run. So here at AEW, that's one thing about it. Uh, anyone who would be looked upon as a part timer, we don't really do house shows. So they're still at every event and they're busting their ass. And how did you like working with Sting in the past? I, I loved it. Uh, it. It is great. And I'm hoping to work with him more in the future. Uh, fingers crossed that that'll be happening very soon. Very cool. Very cool. And going back to, you know, when you were in Ohio, won the ECW title, what was that like when that scramble kind of hit zero? And you could see when the, the countdown started, when they got to that 10 second mark, the crowd knew that, oh, wait, it's going to be Hardy's if this hits zero. You know, you hear that the crowd just get louder and louder. And arguably, you were one of the most over guys in the business when that happened. What was it like when that zero hit and you knew, okay, I'm champ now? I mean, it's a huge compliment. It's one of those things, you know, wrestling, professional wrestling is obviously entertainment to a degree, but you know, when you are trusted to carry around a championship by the person who is your boss, it's a huge compliment. And, and it means a lot. And for me to be given that trust and it was almost a stamp of approval. It was a very cool moment. And I was very proud, very proud. And did you ever think that, you know, you, you should have gotten that main event push from there? After that, because I mean, I believe, you know, you go into the feud with your brother right after that and you have a match at WrestleMania. It's treated like a marquee main event. Did you think that was time to be, hey, let's push Matt Hardy to the top here? You know, it, it depends, man. And, and that's one of those things. Uh, sure. Would it have been great to have been? Yeah, I got hurt a little while after that, too. And I was out, had to have a couple surgeries because my abdominal, I had a big abdominal tear. But it, it's it's one. One of those things I, I i never want to look back at at times in my career and like you know wish this should have been different or that could have been different i feel like it's just a waste of anyone's time you know i really try and focus on the present and in the future and what i want to do and what i can do and how i can contribute at this stage of the game and and to me that's the most important thing and i'm just so happy i've had this wrestling career i've had because it's given me this amazing life i could never have dreamt when i was a young child that i would have the life that i currently have now you know i'm like 
set. I live a good life. I do a lot of cool stuff. I'm still physically active in this. I have four beautiful children. I have a loving wife and just an amazing family and amazing home. And this Hardy compound is a, is a real deal where I live myself and my brother on hundred acres. So it's, it's, it's a great life. And uh, I'm just very happy that professional wrestling, which was my dream and passion has allowed me to live this life that I have right now. And how, how does it feel right now to be in your current state? You know, you're, I mean, you have this really strong storyline right now. And where do you see that going? And obviously, you know, when it comes to your health, would you say this is the healthiest you felt you've been in years? Yeah, I, I mean, I, as far as like mentally and spiritually and emotionally healthy, this is the healthiest I've ever been in my life, without a doubt. Uh, when it comes to physical health, obviously, after taking bumps for 29 years, especially some of the matches we've done with ladder matches, tables matches, steel seat matches, cage matches, uh, you know, my, my, my body is going to be beat up. That's just an undeniable fact. But I do everything that I can to maintain and take care of myself. So I do, I do feel good. I feel really good. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about where this uh, merger, myself and Andrade, we just committed to is going to go. And I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that wrestling fans are really going to enjoy over the next two or three months, you know, considering uh, the Matt Hardy Andrade story. And I think it's going to branch out and have some fun matches and it's going to have a great payoff at the end of it. What do you, what do you think makes Andrade a superstar? Uh, he's just special. I mean, in the ring, he's extremely talented. He's so athletic, so good. And uh, kudos to him as well. He's worked so hard to learn English since he's been here and he's done well with his English. He's got an amazing look and he just, he just has like this, uh, this charisma and this, this, this it factor to him. He, he really is a special guy. When you meet him, you, you, you understand when you meet him and you get to know him, you understand you're like talking to someone who's special who has a very special presence that they carry with him. And, and uh, you know, obviously your, your brother's now a free agent once again, and there's an announcement recently that you two are going to be working together again. What, what's that excitement like to be able to, be in the ring with Jeff once again. I mean, that's, that's so massive. I mean, we, we are both great on our own, but there is no doubt we are at our strongest when we're together. So we have announced a few independent shows we're going to be doing together. We have a whole bunch of signings lined up and I'm just very excited to, to see where the future goes. And I'm hoping when it's all said and done, 2022 is going to be a hearty year. Absolutely. But it, it seems pretty special that you two would give, you know, the a big reunion like the Hardy Boys, arguably the best tag team in wrestling history, uh, the spotlight on the indie scene. You know, why was it important to do that? Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's just, it's just important, I think. I mean, there, there's some guys that I've worked with. It, it's funny. I'm not one of those like just all WWE guys. And I feel like even when I worked there, there's some guys that have just been WWE for life and Vince would treat them very different. Then he would treat me because I think he understood that in a, you know, in a moment's notice, I'm fine with leaving and working, you know, a TNA or a ring of honor or doing indies or just doing appearances, whatever. I'm fine. I don't care. Like, you know, I, I love WB and I'm very grateful for all the opportunities they gave me. I wouldn't have the life I had if it wasn't for WB and Vince McMahon. But, you know, as far as like being there, it is in the end all be all when it comes to pro wrestling. There are many other things out there. So, there's some guys that took great care of us on the independent scene in different times. So those are the guys that we're having a few Hardy boys matches for whenever, uh, you know, Jeff first becomes a, an official free agent. I don't know. I would just keep your eyes tied to all programming because you never know where we might pop up. And how do you feel the current state of indie wrestling is? It's okay. Uh, it's been a tough time, obviously for everyone in the world, because we obviously been living through this pandemic and, uh, AEW did an amazing job and WWE did for that for what it's worth as well just to continue doing television and running events without fans in the building at all which was such a tar, uh, such a hard tough difficult thing to do it was just pro wrestling really isn't pro wrestling 
without wrestling fans in attendance because like they 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 make pro wrestling without the the cheers and the boos and the oohs and the ahs and you know one two oh you know the false finishes the crowd reaction is a huge part of pro wrestling so it just it, it didn't even feel like official pro wrestling during that period but we did what we could do to try and entertain people that were sitting at home that needed it because it was a very tough time in the world so i'm very proud of aw how they fought through it and and i think Tony Khan has been a, a, a great leader, a fearless leader, and, and I love his passion and energy and his create, creativeness. Uh, so big props to him for getting us through that pandemic era. And I know a lot of indies were just grounded during that time, but now that the world is somewhat getting back to a semblance of normal, things are starting to pick up a little bit and it's doing okay. And because wrestling is so hot with AEW and WWE leading the charge, it's going to definitely you know have a, a trickle-down effect to the independent scene, which is a great thing. It was that was it was it weird debuting for a new company in front of no audience the way it happened? It was it was the most weird, strange, awkward thing ever. It really was. Uh, and, and you know, it's just it's one of those things, you know, you kind of pro wrestling in, in many, many ways. You kind of always work with what you're given. And that's definitely what we were doing there. We were trying to work with whatever uh, work with what we were given at the time. Absolutely. And so I guess just, you know, when it comes to you, you have this amazing comeback story that I think really has been, you know, well published, but, uh, you know, what do you think people can learn from, from you and how you're able to come up, get back on your feet and really get back into doing what you love and now being very healthy, as you said before, and raising a family? I mean, I think the most important thing for anybody to remember is the human beings are human, which means we're flawed and we're not perfect. And your life doesn't have to be perfect. And you can make mistakes. You know, you can stumble. You can trip during the course of your life. But you can always change. You can always pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep moving forward. The most important things in life, I think, is to be positive and optimistic, because in optimism, there is there is a bit of magic. And a lot of times what you really wish and what you really believe you can ultimately achieve. So you, you have to realize if you do stumble, if you do mess up, if you make mistakes, you can always change. It's never too late to change. It's never too late to try and stay motivated and move forward and be your best you because you, you can. And that's what life is. That's what living is. You know, life is uh, life doesn't have to necessarily be perfect. It just has to be lived. Absolutely. And I, this is a little off topic, but I think it's such an important topic to talk about, you know, when it comes to pro athletes, you know, finances and, and, and struggling with those finances, is one that's kind of been brought up a lot. You see a, a lot of these NFL players have, have bankruptcies that get very much well published. Um, do you see that in, in pro wrestling too, as well? Not as much nowadays. You would see that a lot in the eighties and nineties, you know, guys who would make a lot of money, who would still like be living the lifestyle and who would blow all that money, spend all that money, you know, who couldn't separate like the wrestling personality from like the real life personality that would happen a lot back in the days. And I think now guys are just much, much more responsible guys and gals are much more responsible. And I just think society has changed in so many ways, especially from the attitude era when myself and my brother first started, I mean, it was like the wild, wild west, the way they treated, I mean, like society is, 180 degrees difference since that point in time so i think now people are just a lot more responsible they're a lot more uh cognizant of their positions in the industry and how it's it's often a, a fleeting success you have you know nothing is guaranteed to last forever and i think also too it's just they're almost like better people they're like almost wired in a better way because society has changed and has opened up and cares more about other human beings a lot more in 2022 and how has that changed in wrestling? 
I mean, I think it has as well. I, I, th I think in wrestling now, you, you have people that are better people. I think that you just have more quality people now. I think as generations continue to get younger and newer, I, I think people that are being raised are just more apt to like just be better human beings in, in that capacity. And society almost has like this, you know, these unwritten rules that kind of drives them into, into being like that. I just think the world in general is like a lot more well-knit today than it was 25 30 years ago what are you looking forward to the most about coming back to cleveland and uh, have you ever been in the wolstein center before i don't think i have uh, I, i'll be honest i don't think i have i mean for me it was always the gun gun arena there which is now the quicken loans are it's quicken rocket mortgage there. field house there you go okay rocket mortgage field house those names change every so often <laughs> so no i haven't been there but i'm excited about this i even love how and and, and something that is a very real thing is the aw demographic and audience is much lower than a WWE. So it's almost like appropriate that actually we are, you know, performing at these arenas at college towns and whatnot. So it's very cool. Uh, very excited to be there. And if you guys get a chance and you've never seen AAW, I can't stress strongly enough, please come check out Dynamite and Rampage next Wednesday night in Cleveland. I promise you it's going to blow you away and you'll fall in love with wrestling all over once again. Oh, yeah. Just how, how have these crowds deferred from the ones that you saw in WWE when you were uh, towards the end of your run there? I, I mean, just just the younger audience. I mean, if you look out, it is very noticeable. You can see it. The, the audience is younger. It's a younger demographic that, that is, is watching the product now. And, you know, in the big scheme of things, that is what keeps any product alive for a longer amount of time, because if you have a younger audience watching, that means they're going to watch as they grow older. If you have an older audience watching, that means you don't, you're not building a future for your own company. Oh yeah. Well, I remember uh, the last show I went to at AEW was, was at the Wollstone center back in, I believe 2019 before the pandemic hit. And it was kind of like a homecoming for John Moxley who's shooting with Jericho back then for the title. And right. he led the OHIO chant. And, and we just saw, what did you think of that promo he dropped? Uh, last Wednesday. I mean, it was such an impassioned promo. I mean, people were going crazy over it and, and in a good way. I, I thought it was incredible. Uh, and it was very much, I mean, that, that scream John Moxley through and through. And, and I, I love the passion behind it, just the grit and the realness behind it. I thought it was very good and from the heart. Absolutely. And uh, is there anything else you want to add, sir? No, uh, just once again, like uh, if you've never seen AEW yet and you, you're, you know, a longtime WWE fan, uh, AEW is really doing something new and it's very modern. And if you enjoy entertainment, I think you are going to love AEW. Please come out and give it a chance. Uh, you'll be addicted. You'll be hooked after you watch one episode of Dynamite and Rampage. And uh, one thing that I'm doing that is a, a, a new project, a new venture for me as a podcast, actually, I'll just throw that in there. Every Friday at 6 a.m., I drop a new episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, where I talk about the past and the present. It's very cool that I'm like uh, still working very strongly in a modern wrestling society in AEW and an active competitor. So I revisit some of the stuff in the past and also talk about current things as well. So that's a lot of fun. It's too, a lot of fun as well. So if you guys get a chance, please check out my podcast, The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. I believe you discussed the No Mercy ladder match in a recent show, correct? That was the very first one, yes. The second one was the current AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Adam Page, and I talked about how I knew him back on the indie scene when he first broke into the business. So we have quite a long history, and it made for a pretty compelling conversation as well. Absolutely. Hey, you feud Brock Lesnar. He's champ just a couple months later. You feud with Adam Page. He's champ just a couple months later. It's uh... there you have, I'm the kingmaker. <laughs> <And> kings. <laughs> 
You've been listening to a one-on-one interview with Matt Hardy. We thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Good Friends and Real Talk. We'll see you later.